If you feel it, you know it. D-Rock Productions. Sports Talk with D-Raw. What's up, people? It's your boy, D-Raw, and I'm coming to you with another episode of STWD. And you already know how this goes, man. Um, first off, first notice, I want to let you all know, every Tuesday, you can come to STWD, listen to my podcast about the Houston sports. I will break down Houston sports every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, Whenever I'm dropping an episode with Real Talk Talk Ricks or anyone else, we will cover the national sports background, all the sports that's outside of the Houston area. All right, so now going into the Houston sports, I got to talk about the Texans. The Texans had an amazing game this past Sunday against the Browns. Um, Cleveland was heavily favored in that game by 13 and a half points, and the Texans covered the spread. They lost by 10. But even though the score was 31-21, it was a lot closer than what it appears. And um, even though the Texans was very unlucky in that game, you have to give credit to Tyrod Taylor and that defense uh, overall. The secondary, the defensive line, the linebackers, everything. I mean, of course, there's a lot of things they need to clean up. But I'm pretty sure if everybody was watching this game, we can all kind of say the same thing. The Texans could have clearly won this game if Tyrod Taylor stayed healthy in that game, right? So, Tyrod had an amazing game. I mean, he didn't throw no picks. Uh, He only got sacked, I think, maybe one time. If that, um, the blocking was immaculate. I mean, from Laramie Tunsil all the way to the right, it was great. I mean... Your boy uh, over there on the DN, Miles um, Garrett, he he couldn't do anything. I mean, they literally held him up. He didn't do anything. He was not a factor in the game at all. And he's a top defensive end, right? Jadavion Clowney, he had maybe one or two tackles for a loss. That's it. I mean, we all know he's a great run stopper. But outside of that, he didn't do anything. So, overall, you look at that, and you got to say, applies to the Texans. You know why? Because the Texans were a team that was overlooked by everyone. Week in, week out, the whole offseason, we was picked to be last place. And this also proves that the Texans is not just a team that luckily just beat up on a bad Jaguars team. The Texans are actually a team that could possibly be a winner. Right? So, yeah, Tyrod went out. Davis Mills came in. Phillip Lindsay looked good. I mean, he looked good on his reception. He he looked nice, you know, getting into the end zone. David Johnson, not a lot to say about him, but he didn't do anything wrong. Mark Ingram, one thing I'll say about Mark Ingram, and I think this is one thing that the offensive line needs to do. They need to improve on run blocking because – Mark Ingram makes the run blocking look better than what it actually appears. Nine times out of ten, Mark Ingram gets hit in the backfield 
and then he drags someone on his back, on his back, for an average of 3.2 yards. Because that's what he's averaging right now. So, all applause to Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is doing his thing. You can't take nothing away from him. That boy is a dog. And, um, man, I was, I had high hopes, man, you know, going into the half. But uh, I knew when Tyrod Taylor scored that touchdown when he was running away from Miles Garrett uh, that something had, something had happened. And I didn't understand why the the uh, sports commentators wasn't saying anything about it because I'm clearly watching the same game they're watching. And I could see him, like, limp up. And then when he once he took that knee and he kneeled over the ball, I was like, yeah, something's going on. It just didn't come out right away. Uh, but best believe by halftime, it was just worse and worse and worse. So him going out the game, going into the second half, you got a fresh rookie in Davis Mills that's not taking enough snaps. And it really, really sucks, man, because I think if Davis Mills would have took more snaps during the week with the first team, everything would have worked out better. Hell, even if he took it out, you know, took some snaps out with the uh, with the second team just to get him used to running the plays, I think they would have done better. Now, one thing he has to work on, and I'm pretty sure – He's probably trying to work with Brandon Cooks 24-7 uh, this week before this Thursday night game against the Panthers is getting, you know, um, some team chemistry with his receivers. He's definitely going to need chemistry with Brandon Cooks because that one play where he had Cooks beat, I mean deep, and he beat the safety in, in the corner, he was on top of all of them, man. He could have scored the touchdown. But Davis Mills threw the ball off course. You know, and and those kind of things are some things that you get with reps, and he got to get his reps in with with Brandon Cooks. He need to get his reps with Chris Conley and, and the tight end game, and you know, just all of them. He he has to get his reps in. Um, speaking of the receivers, unfortunately, Nico Collins he he looked like he was going to have a big game, but unfortunately, he went out with a shoulder injury. Now, this shoulder injury is going to take Nico out. For some significant time. Um, I'm thinking maybe four weeks or more. You know, um, I just don't know what's going on with his shoulder. Honestly, I didn't see the shoulder injury. I just know it had to happen after he had that big reception. Because things was looking good for Nico. And um, hopefully moving forward after Nico come back, um, he can sustain some health in the NFL. Because we need him on the field. And I'm looking at the receiving core, man. We we looking real bad. Uh, Danny Danny Amendola, he he tore his hamstring, I think, on the same play as Tyrod Taylor. Um. So now we're we're down two receivers, and we're looking at Andre Roberts, who muffed the punt, who's not really a good receiver. He's just a good special team um, player. He's just a special special specialist. You want to say whatever. <laughs> He he failed. He failed last uh, game, and unfortunately, that that had to happen to us. But even with that happening, the Texans still came back in the game and took control. The Texans was in control of that game against the Browns, and it's sad to say that the Browns got all those X factors, all those receivers and tight ends. Even though they knocked out Jarvis Landry, you know, the Texans looked like they were the better team. So. 
uh, I don't know what we're going to do moving forward. You know, quarterback, we know we're going to depend on Davis Mills. And looking at that second half, Davis Mills definitely didn't look the best in those first one or two drives. Um, he really didn't start to look decent until he threw the ball deep to Cooks and he missed him. So maybe he needs to start off the game against the Panthers throwing deep to get himself loose and to loosen all the jitters. Um, besides that, the, the competitiveness is there in him. I see the dog in him. He's, he's not afraid. You know, he got out there. He called the plays. He, he called things at the line. I, I respect that. I mean, he didn't seem like he was just a robot looking to, to see what the coach was going to, you know, adjust for him or call for him. He looked like he knew what he was doing, especially once he settled in. So, um, with that run, with that running game with Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Burkhead, um, with them guys being in the backfield, I think those guys can definitely help him, um, you know, shake off the jitters, loosen the butterflies, and then then with him having Brandon Cooks, who's very dependable, that that should be another target that should definitely help him but here's the issue this is going to be an issue all year long because like I said we're down two receivers and with Cobb being traded what other receiver do we really have that can really make plays I mean we have Chris Conley he's okay um Amendola he's what 35-36 so he might not even really play that many games he might have a lingering hamstring injury because of his age. Farrell Brown, he, he's, you know, he was banged up, but he came to play. But he didn't do much. Um, Andre Roberts is not a dependable receiver. You got Jordan Akins. I mean, I think he could be a dependable tight end and target for him. So I just want to know where is this receiving production going to come from when teams start to double Brandon Cooks because – Who's really going to step up? You got to ask the Texans, who do we really have to step up? I think the Texans should go get another receiver. You know, I know um, we have Anthony Miller to step in now that he's uh, finally going to be activated for this Thursday night game coming up. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what Anthony Miller can bring to the table. Um, him being a high round draft pick. Him being shifty, quick. Uh, him and Brandon Cooks being the opposite of each other. I know Miller is probably going to play the slot, you know, uh, going to the position that he was su supposed to fill anyways before Amendola came in to even uh, fill in that, that position. Also, to mention Amendola um, and Tyrod Taylor will be out for at least a month. So... Oh, and also Nico Collins will be out a month too. So you got three guys that can be very dependable on this offense that will not be able to play for the next four weeks. That sucks. Now, I look for Nico to have a speedy recovery because obviously he's young. Tyrod is old. Um, Tyrod is like, what, 32, 33. So his body is not going to heal as fast as someone that's 24. Um, Amendola, let's not even get started on his age. He's like, what, 35 or something like that, 36? I'm not sure. Don't quote me on his age, but 
he's not going to heal that fast either. And it, it really sucks not to have him, guys, because um, Amendola was looking pretty solid. And you already know Tyrod was looking good. So now I want to go back to Mills needing snaps. Now, if I recall, I heard that the Texans only had two days to practice before they have to um, get into game mode or whatever. Um, and I just think, me personally, if I was the head coach, oh, man, we're going to practice every day, every day. I mean, from Sunday when they got back home, hey, let's get in them ice baths. Hey, Mills, I need you to have a playbook. I need you to know this play, this play, X, O, Y, Z. I need you to know how to read some of this stuff, look at some film on where you messed up at in this current game as of today, and then come back in the morning, look at some more film as a team, go over the mistakes that we made so we can correct things, and then we can move on to the next phase. Going into the afternoon, we need to be um, getting ourselves in condition, and those who are hurt need to be sitting in the ice baths, doing whatever kind of cryotherapy, whatever they need to be doing to make sure that the muscles is good, body is not aching, and Mills just need to be getting snaps under the first team center. He need to get used to him. He need to get used to used to the, the receivers that he'll be working with, get acclimated, because he has to know where the, the receivers like the ball, how they're going to run their routes, and they need to get used to his time and how he's going to throw the ball. So that would be something I would be doing the first two days especially. And I'm not saying that we got to go out there full pads, but the the first day, full pads. Second day, I would say full pads in the, in the early part of the day or whenever we go out there for the first day. Come back out later, we have pads. Um, Wednesday, we have pads. Thursday, we, we know pads, but we're going through all the all the plays so that Mills know the motions, so we know that he's handing off to the right, to the right when he's supposed to be going to the right, handing off to the left when he's supposed to be going to the left, and so forth. So that's what the Texans need to be doing. Um, he need to, and the defense need to be scheming out what the Panthers gonna be running because they they finna come after Mills. They gonna be blitzing him like crazy. So those are things that the Texans need to be looking at. I think just. Period. I don't think they should change the game plan. I mean, of course, they can't do so many RPOs because Mills, he is an athlete, don't get me wrong, but he's not as much of a freak athlete as uh, Tyrod Taylor. Of course not. But don't get me wrong. Davis Mills can run. He can run. But um, the RPOs, I don't think that should really be too much of a factor in his game. I think they should still run some, but I think they should open the game up we're trying to get uh, Brandon Cooks um, deep and getting get Anthony Miller across the middle or something like that. But I think his best friend will actually be getting the tight ends involved in the game so they can get the run game started. Once they get the run game started, he should be good. But I hope he just shake all the jitters off. I know this is a big game. It's a Thursday night game, kind of prime time, the whole world watching. So, uh Hopefully, he'd be ready to take those snaps. Also, the team has to help him out. I mean, the run blocking has to improve. Like I said, um, even though even though we look good when we're, when we're running the ball, we need to be able to eliminate the, the amount of times that we're getting hit in the backfield from Mark Ingram and David Johnson and Philip Lindsay 
That way, we can gain more yards. I mean, and our and our running backs don't have to work as hard. So that's a that's a a, a definite, you know, to me. Hey, besides all of that, I was gonna say the Texans need new team docs, man. They need new new um, sports management trainers and and new equipment. They, I think it's time to upgrade, time to renovate the stadium. I don't know, man. They got to make some some changes because every year we're going through an injury bug. And I understand we was in Cleveland. It might have been a little a little crisp out there, but it wasn't that hot in Cleveland. It wasn't. So just all the injuries, and it was a physical game. So um, going off the the physicality of the game, I, I know it's going to be some people that's going to you know get hurt. But hey, they kept fighting. They kept getting in. But hey, I think the Texans need to get some new team docs, man. Get some get somebody that's that's uh, a specialist in these hamstrings because that's becoming a, a, a frequent problem for the Texans. Also, special teams. The special teams has to get it together. They played horrible, horrible in Cleveland. I mean, besides Andre Roberts doing what he does and muffing a punt. And then calling himself gaining confidence and trying to run out again. And like he was going to go for a big run. But I think he got us to like the 16. That was just garbage. Also, you also got to remember another thing. Mills, he was put into bad situations in the game. I think like every time he got in the game, he was like one time he was like on the eight yard line. Or he was like inside thing 20, you know. Or whatever his own twenty, so you got to put him in better situations, especially as a rookie quarterback. You got to work better for him in his favor, so he can have more success as well. So, um, with Davis Mills being called the starting quarterback of this Panthers game on Thursday night, I really look for him to just you know settle in get comfortable with the offense. Hopefully he's getting them reps, like I said, because at this point he just needs to be getting as many reps as possible. Um, and hopefully, hopefully he's looking at the film and critiquing very well so he can read some of the blitzes that's going to be coming towards him because we don't need him to get hit again like he was getting hit in that Cleveland game. Because if he do, then we're going to be looking at Jeff Driscoll. And you, we all seen Jeff Driscoll. He's not the answer. And that's why he's on practice squad. So, we'll have Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll. No Deshaun Watson, of course. He's not active. And we already know why he's not active. And at this point, in hindsight, I'm just looking forward to Deshaun Watson being traded. Because the way I see it, the Texans don't have to tank. Yeah, we might lose some games. I don't think we're tanking. We're being competitive. And the reason we're being competitive is because once we trade Deshaun Watson, which will probably come later at the end of the season, once we know what picks we're getting back, because it really don't make sense to trade before uh, the end of the season because you want to know what picks you're getting. You can trade for a bunch of first-round picks, but what if they end up being latter first-round picks? He goes to the Eagles, or he go to Miami, or he go to Washington, wherever he may go, and then he be successful, 
and then those picks aren't worth crap. So you want to trade him to the right team, and you want to trade him to the team that's going to give you the right package. Um, but with that being said, do you think Cam Newton could possibly be the answer? I mean, if Davis Mills go out here and mess it up, is Cam Newton getting a call from Nick Casario? Or is it RG3 getting a call from Nick Casario? Because RG3 just said he's trying to get back into the NFL. And he's a veteran now. We know what he can bring to the table. He's not a bad quarterback. Hell, they need to be calling Colin Kaepernick. Everybody needs to give Kaepernick a, Kaepernick a shot. Um... And see what he does. I'm just saying. Fair is fair. Hey, if, you, if you're vaccinated, you should be able to get your shot. Uh, unfortunately, Cam Newton, he's not vaccinated. But at this point of his career and at the point where the Texans are sitting, um, who knows how long Tyrod is going to take to recover from his hamstring injury. It could be a month. It can be longer than that. He's 30-some years old. So there's no telling. And we all know his, we already know Tyrod Taylor's history. And it's an unfortunate history because Tyrod is so talented, man. I keep saying that he is so talented, but he just had one of the most unfair careers of all. And hey, unfortunately, you know, football not fair, life ain't fair. Hey, NFL stands for not for long. So, but he's been in here in the NFL for a long time, 11 years. So he's been pretty lucky, right? Um, moving on with my Houston sports. We got to talk about the Houston Rockets. So, if you already know, uh, I think we talked about this last episode. John Wall wants to be traded. He wants his way out. And he's willing to work with the Houston Rockets to find a trading partner. Now, if you don't know, he was actually hanging out with uh, Paul George not too long ago in L.A. So, I've been saying this for a while. The one team that really needs a point guard and someone that can really facilitate the ball, especially at this point with um, Kawhi Leonard not playing, the Clippers really do need someone else to step in. And John Wall would be the perfect piece. So why not, right? Now, what would they put in that trade package? I don't know. But someone that could make a good package, a good deal, he can go over there and we can send him over there to his... uh, trade with our old buddy boy Daryl Morey we can get um, Ben Simmons and they can take John Wall and I don't know how else the trade is going to work but those seem like two nice pieces to swap out right and um, hell if they feel like that's not enough guess who else said they're open to be traded and go to a a more um, destined destination for winning Eric Gordon so, with Eric Gordon saying he'll go somewhere else and he's willing to be traded, but he's comfortable in Houston, um, let's go ahead and ship him out, man. Because, be honest, Eric Gordon will get shipped out way before John Wall, and I think it'll be easier to ship Gordon before John Wall. Now, shipping them together, I don't really think there's a team out there that can really just swap out that much cash because... I think Wall is owed like what forty some million, and then um, Gordon is probably like twenty some million or whatever on the cap. So 
you know, that's a lot of money to be swapping out. And then you got to question yourself, like, what are we swapping with? We don't want to take a whole bunch of bad contracts. And if we do take bad contracts, we damn sure don't want to give our give up our picks. So those are things you got to think about as a Rockets fan, as a Rockets manager, uh, coach and all. You know, you, you still want to bring in players that's going to make this team gel and uh, work correctly. And But the good thing is, with Wall being traded and him already committing to sit on the bench and not even play anymore for the Rockets, it means he's disgruntled, but he's professional. He's not like James Harden, and he just wants to get traded. So the good thing about this is KPJ actually gets to play point guard as he was destined to play anyway. So now you don't have no weird small ball lineup with John Wall, KPJ, Jalen Green, uh, Jay Sean Tate or, or Sagoon or uh, whoever's going to fill in, Garuba, I don't know. Or then you got Christian Wood. So we, we, we don't know what the lineup is going to be. It's actually going to be an interesting lineup. But with all those guards now, you don't have to worry about John Wall, especially since they re-signed Dante Exum. I think the Exum thing is just part of them getting ready to work a deal. Now, don't get me wrong. Exum is a solid defender. He looked pretty solid in the Olympics, honestly. Uh, I was I was actually kind of happy how he kind of splashed back. And, and knowing that we still got him on the roster for, for uh, well, I think five years. Uh, well, yeah, it was three years, uh, 15 million. So I want to say five million a year. So that's, that's not bad. I don't know if he's really worth the, the 15 million, but now you think about it, 15 million ain't really nothing in the NBA anymore. It used to be, you know, something solid, but at this point it's nothing, but Hey, it's still a whole bunch of money to me. Cause I'm far from 15 million. Uh, but giving Dante Exum another shot in the NBA, it could be, it could be something that, um, turns out to be good for the Rockets. It, it gives us a guard that, that can play solid defense. Someone that's uh, annoying on the court because I haven't seen him annoy the hell out of some of the Houston Rockets in the past and the playoffs for Utah. So there's some good upside in Dante Exum. I mean, of course, he's not the youngest uh, anymore, but he's still got some upside. He's still got something to prove. Um, but I think he might be part of a trade package too, honestly, because we really don't need Dante Exum. We can roll with Josh Christopher and uh we still got Devin Harris or whatever. So there's there's still a lot of guards on this team. So you gotta wonder who's gonna get cut. You know, this is like a twenty man roster right now. So there's so many players right now on this team, you have to wonder who's here to stay and who isn't, who's gonna D League and who's not. You know, and it honestly I like some of the players like Kyrie Thomas. He's a great shooter. I mean, the dude got a nice shot. Um, he's a sharp shooter. He gets open. And even when he's not open, he's one of those ones that just got the dead eye. And he can just blast it right off in your face. Armani Brooks, nice shooter. I, I watched him in college. Now him with the Rockets. And he, his game could, can, continues to develop. Um, so Armani Brooks can be something uh, nice, you know, moving forward in the future. Um, they got nice... Players, man. KJ Martin, Aparun Sagoon, uh, Christian Wood. We don't know the, the whole story on Christian Wood. Is he going to be here? Or are they going to move him or what? But 
everything's looking pretty bright for Christian Wood. If he stays, it's looking good. Also, I wanted to go back on that Eric Gordon uh, deal about how much his salary is. His salary is actually $18 million. But, you know, with them increasing the cap room and things like that, an $18 million contract is something easy to eat now. So he's definitely tradable. He has a lot of upside to bring to anybody that's trying to contend. Uh, Eric Gordon is the right player for many teams out there. So I actually can see them either keeping him to be a mentor if he, you know, don't mind staying with the Rockets or they can ship him out and get some nice pieces back for him. Uh, honestly, they can get more picks or they can get a, a young player or something, you know. I don't know, but Eric Gordon is a nice trade piece. John Wall is the one that we have an issue with. The $44 million, uh on the books, it's hard to ship him out because you don't know his health situation, but so far he's been pretty healthy this summer, right? Well, of course, he was healthy last summer. I mean, John Wall was looking great last summer. And then there we go. We had the knee injuries and his knees swelling up and all kind of crazy shit. So get John Wall out of here while you can, while he's healthy. Uh, that's the best thing you can do. Uh, hopefully we don't have to trade uh, any picks away and eat no bad contracts. But the John Wall thing can uh, deem to be something very helpful to the Rockets uh, this season. And also another player you might be able to throw in there is Daniel House because we really don't know the state of Daniel House. I mean, we got Davian and Waba now, and you got Jay Sean and Tate. So that, that small forward position starts to get clogged up too. And do you really see Daniel House really being uh, one of those pieces there? I mean, of course, I'd love to keep him on the team because he's a hometown guy. But honestly, what is he really bringing to us at this point? I mean, Daniel House, 28, so he's almost 30. Um, so his his upside his upside isn't really there anymore. So you have to look at that as well. So, hey, moving on. Got to look at my Houston Astros, our Houston Astros. The Astros are number two in the American League with 89 wins, 61 losses. They are number one in the AL West. And right now, or currently, they just beat the shit out of the Angels. And I think they're about to play them again tonight to finish off that series. There's uh, 12 games left in the baseball season. So in those remaining 12 games, the Astros will face a couple decent solid teams but at this point i'm not really worried about who we're facing i'm worried about our pitching rotation and is if the team hot right now um can we get the bats going can we can we get some some bases stolen just get get everything looking good honestly i wouldn't put no money on grinky right now grinky has not did anything to um to say i could believe in him at this point so I'm afraid to even inch that way. Um, we Right now we're facing Los Angeles, then we got Oakland, and then we got Tampa Bay, and then we got Oakland again. So, you know, we've been fighting Oakland for a while in, in this season. And Los Angeles, eh, they come to play. Otani is really just a one-man show with Mike Trout. But I don't even think Trout has been just, you know, dominant this this uh, season. So keep your eyes on the last nine games. You got three three at Oakland. You got three uh, at home against Tampa Bay, who got some great pitching. 
and then you got three at home against Oakland. And we already know the rotation. So, so far we got Rikidi, which I really like Rikidi. Um, we got McCullers, Grinky, Valdez, Rikidi, back and forth, back and forth. So, like I said, the Astros been looking solid. I look for them to continue to win and hopefully, hopefully the, the, the best outcome, um, for the Astros is actually if they can catch up and, you know, surpass, um, the, the Rays. So if they can steal some games from the Rays, steal some games from Oakland right now, we're three and a half games behind Tampa. Um, that would give us control of the whole conference. That way everything has to go through Houston. And I think that would be the perfect situation for them, um, especially to even just avoid the Rays at all costs if possible. And that's the best thing to do. Houston Dynamo. The Houston Dynamo, for those that are interested in Houston soccer, they are the second worst team in the Western Conference. That's why I don't really talk about the Dynamo. Because every time I look up, the Dynamo are losing. And I can't tell you much about soccer. But I can tell you that the Austin FC is last in the Western Conference. Houston FC is second to last. And then Dallas FC is third <laughs> to last. So all the Texas teams in soccer is just trash this year, right? Hell, why not throw San Antonio and uh, give them a team too? Because there's 14 teams in the Eastern Conference and there's 13 in the West. So that means there's one city out in the West that needs a team. I wonder who that will be. Folks, let me know who you think the um, 14th team will be. Maybe it'll be Vegas or someone like that. I don't know. But hey, thank you for listening to Sports Talk with D-Raw. And be back to check us out on Thursday because I'll be giving you more recap of what's going on after the Texans game. And I will tell you the pros and cons about Davis Mills going forward into the rest of the week and season. All right. Hey, don't forget to listen as first, subscribe, like, comment, and share. Um, follow us at STWD Live on Facebook. Follow us at STWD Live on Instagram. And just continue to subscribe to the Apple Podcast. Let your friends know, neighbors know, that it's D-Raw and I'm putting on the show.